Hello and welcome to Psychic Teachers. I'm your host, Deb Bowen. And I'm Samantha Fay. And we're just so happy you're with us tonight. Hope everybody's warm and I hope that everybody's getting all of their shopping done like Samantha and I are not yet. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. I'm done with my children. All their stuff is done and wrapped and hidden. It's all the other people. Oh. The adults, they're the hardest to buy for. My parents, my husband's dad, the, you know, all the we friends. You should do what my family does. I know. We're not uh, there yet. I know. My we've people got, like gifts. Uh, we've, we've worked our way past those, so in any case. So, you know, Samantha, we I feel like we've done a couple of these mailbag shows mm-hmm. uh, fairly back-to-back recently, Mm -hmm. but gosh, we just get so many questions. Yes, and they're really, really good questions. They're they're really good questions, and and to be absolutely honest, we appreciate getting the questions, but neither one of us has the time that it would take to answer each of them individually, so um, we we just can't get to them all, so this is the best way we know how to do that. So welcome, everybody. I hope you hear your question on the air, and I hope that if it wasn't your question, you learned something from um, what someone else has asked so we're happy to have you with us samantha has a stone of the week and i have a an animal person to talk about you want to go first sure perfect um the stone i picked this week is called poppy jasper it is um it's a red stone and it has little pops of orangey color all over it it's a very happy looking stone the little poppies um look like poppy flowers um, it comes from California and China and South Africa. It's very easily obtained, and it's it's very inexpensive. The um, poppy jasper increases happiness. It eases stress. It brings joy and reminds you to live in the present moment. Um, it's a powerhouse of energy that gently stimulates um, and aligns your chakras. It's a strong physical stone. It resonates with the root chakra. It helps to increase physical endurance during exercise. So if you have a strenuous exercise class in the new year, try um, wearing a poppy jasper necklace or just carrying a piece um, in your pocket or in your sneaker while you're working out. It has um, a lot of grounding energy, which is really good for people who are really intuitive or feeling that they're opening up too much. Um, it calms an overstimulated base chakra, so if you're worrying too much about money or too much about sexual issues, working with Poppy Jasper definitely will help with that. It helps to um, increase motivation when needed. It acts like an adrenaline kick. It improves dream recall. It provides protection during astral travel. It balances yin-yang energy. It helps to remind humanity to help each other. It also enhances communication with animals, and it clears electromagnetic and environmental pollution. Wow. Yeah. Nice. It's a happy little stone. It is a happy little stone. Easily attainable? Yes, very. Uh I've never seen it. I'm sure you have. A lot of those tumbled um, rock places where it's like, you know, go for a treasure hunt and pick one, you'll Mm -hmm. see Poppy Jasper in a lot of those. Oh, see, I'm never good at figuring out what I'm looking at in all those little tumbled bins. I'm I'm better at looking at raw pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, good. Thank you for that. Yes. Well, you know, my animal of the week is not a very popular person. 
Uh, in fact, not so terribly long ago, just a few months ago, there was uh, there a big um, thing going around about him on on the internet, and uh, I thought I might maybe help clear up some misconceptions about the badger. And you just told me something new about them that I want you to share with everybody uh, as you and I were talking before the show, so that will be lovely. But, you know, most I, I think, I don't know if you all do this, but I think of certain animals at certain times of the year, and I don't know why, but I think of badger in the winter. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I guess because of his burrowing and kind of holding up for, for the winter. According to David Carson's and Jamie Sam's, uh, Badger can be very aggressive. He's quick to anger. He's quick to pounce. Um, he will fight for what he believes is his. Um, and at the same time, uh, he is the medicine or the energy and helper of many powerful medicine women and men, um, partly because he is keeper of medicine roots. So he is able to help with healing, believe it or not. You wouldn't think that. Um, if if badger medicine is something that you feel akin to, you're somebody who is probably pretty quick to express your feelings. Um, sometimes, as my grandma would say, you talk with your mouth wide open, uh, which doesn't necessarily endear you to, to other people. But badger also uh, teaches us to be assertive, not necessarily to be aggressive, but he teaches us to be assertive. He teaches us that it's not okay necessarily to always be meek and to bite your your tongue, that it's really sometimes okay to speak your truth. And that's the big message uh, from from Badger. Um, He may be signaling a time in your life when you can use your healing abilities to push ahead, um, to heal yourself, to work to heal others, um, and to stay very grounded and very rooted in Mother Earth. And tell them what you were telling me about Badger a minute ago. Well, I was just telling her that I was watching one of those, you know, those quiet little nature documentaries on Badger, and they were saying that in the winter they're very open to sharing their space with other little animals like mice and things. And it was really cute because the narrator said, um, Badger enjoyed sharing his space with everyone except us. And it showed the badger, like, slamming dirt against the camera lens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably didn't want anybody taking a... I wouldn't want somebody coming in and, you know, taking pictures of my house. So right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. How about that? So there you go. That's the badger for tonight. Very nice. Okay. So... Um, I, I, the first uh, letter we want to to read. I, I assume that you're going to um, uh, edit this as we talk, so that so that some of this identifying information couldn't come through, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll leave that to you then. Okay. Um, you mean about the person or about the story? Uh, about the person and the story and the location. And the location. Okay. Yeah. I will not say the location. Yeah, I think that would be better. Okay. Dear Samantha and Deb, I've always had dreams about things that would eventually happen, places that I would eventually go, um, but these have always been about my own life or someone close to me. However, almost immediately after I started meditating on a daily basis and working on my spiritual self, I had a vivid dream about someone I've never met. 
I dreamt that I walked into a house where a young girl with long, straight, dark brown hair, who looked to be in her early 20s, greeted me with a pen and a piece of paper. She wrote down the name of a city and state, which we will not reveal, and murder-suicide, and told me to write it down. Then we walked through the house, and as we did, I got a very uneasy feeling. I have children, but my only emotion and stress was worry in relation to them, like I needed to find them. The main feeling was that I couldn't get to them. It was very weird. As we walked into a bedroom, I saw a guy sitting there, and I immediately knew that this guy had something to do with my anxiety over my children. I couldn't see his face clearly, but I knew that it was a guy, and I knew that he had some type of mental illness. It was then that the girl looked at me and said, Oh, it's okay. He's been like this before. He'll be okay. Then they walked outside, and from that point, I was no longer a part of the dream, but a spectator. It was really cold outside. They walked from the house to the shed. The guy had a gun. I saw it very vividly, a silver handgun. The girl was trying to get away from him and make it to the car, and then I woke up. I wrote all these details down in my dream diary, but I couldn't get it out of my mind. I kept thinking about the city and state she gave me. Was that even a real city? So I Googled it, and yes, it exists. My heart sank, and I started feeling the same anxiety that I experienced in the dream. So after a few hours of being unable to shake it, I Googled more about the story, and I found the exact story. Um, She also, this um, woman writing this also writes that everything that she saw in her dream fit with the news story that she found to a T. She also found out that the woman who died had the same career as the woman who dreamt the story. Um, And there were a lot of other similarities that they had in common, which I want to talk about. So she finishes, is this girl trying to tell me something? I can't help but feel like she's trying to send a message. I feel... I feel like that would explain my feelings of anxiety about my own children and the dreams about the lake and the fact that I'm usually spending time uh, with one or both. Okay, hold on. My worry is that if I ignore this, I may inadvertently shut down my intuition altogether. What would you guys do? Am I overreacting? Okay, so no, I do not think she's overreacting. I think she had, um, you know, not a dream, but, but... probably a visit by this woman who was most likely killed by her, um, I don't know, boyfriend or husband or father of her children. She was able to verify the story. She was able to verify all the details in her dream. So clearly it's not just a dream. I have had this happen to me on a few occasions. It's, it's, it's always very traumatizing, um, especially I think when spirits come to us in dreams because it's so real in your dream. One of the things that I found so interesting about what she provided to us was that the murdered woman and the psychic who dreamt it had so much in common. And I wonder on how that works on the other side. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. But clearly the fact that they had so many things in common, like attracts like, is what attracted this, this spirit um, to this psychic, even though they don't live you know, in the same state or anything like that, Um, because energy knows, you know, no distance or time. Um, What I did when I had a dream like this um, was I, after the dream, 
I woke up in the morning, I wrote everything down like she did, which I think is really, really good, because you'll be surprised, even in a vivid traumatic dream, you will be surprised how many details you forget. So I wrote everything down, Um, I got my children off to school, and then I sat down in the middle of my living room, I lit a candle for protection, and I surrounded myself in a circle of crystals. And I went into a deep meditation, and I and I created the white light in my mind, and I asked the spirit to go through that white light. And she appeared so vividly in my meditation, and she said she was not going anywhere until that beep, beep paid for what he did to her. And I explained to her that she could do so much more on the other side to bring him to justice than she could by remaining as a ghost. And finally, she did walk through the light, and I didn't have any more dreams about her. So I would recommend to the writer of this fascinating email that she try to do a meditation where she speaks to this woman um, and, and asks her to go into the light and tell her, because there's a lot in this email about how she's worried about the deceased woman's mother. And she could also tell her that in that meditation, she can, the deceased woman can do so much to help her mother in her grief, so much more from the other side than she can, again, as a ghost, as an earthbound. Do you right. want to add to that, Deb? No, I, I really don't. I just, um, I think that that's really important, is that um, when somebody is that um, tortured that they start reaching out to perfect strangers like this mm-hmm earthbound woman was doing it's important to try to help her understand that she really will be much better off on the other side and to let go right and all you can do is try you know i mean i've had i mean i can think of the top of my head two specific circumstances where i was able to successfully meditate and cross them over and i have had one specific circumstance where i could not Mm -hmm. they just wouldn't go and I, i couldn't you know you can't you can't uh, make someone do something they don't want to do. Right. They they have choices and free will, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Isn't that interesting? It was. Thank you for that one. Okay. So, I, and I do want to add that she definitely has a gift. I don't, if she does ignore this, I do not think she will inadvertently shut down her intuition. I do not believe that at all. Um, but I do believe that she has a gift and an ability and that, um, you know, she could really help this woman to have some closure. Right. Right. And perhaps that if this was really pretty uncomfortable to her to ask her guides not to allow that kind of stuff to come through anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so the second uh, one we want to read to you is a listener who said, I was listening to an older episode um, entitled Practical Christmas, I'm sorry, Practical Crystal Grids. Can you tell what's on my mind? And wanted to ask you a question that you had not answered on the show. I was wondering what stones crystals should not be paired together. I was only recently starting to work with matching up stones, so all this is new to me. Um, I've suffered from terrible nightmares since I was a child and even as a young adult. Uh, last night I went through my usual routine of selecting a crystal from my bag of sleep and dream stones. The bag consists of citrine, jasper, red jasper, dalmatian jasper, and malachite, all excellent at protecting from fears and nightmares. I decided to select red jasper and citrine because I'd never paired them together before, um, and I thought they 
their work together would bring me great protection in my dreams. I also felt the red jasper would help with dream interpretation and recall. However, that night I had one of the worst nightmares of my entire life. I am hesitant to pair these two together again because of my experience. All of the stones work wonderfully at protection on their own, which is why I'm so puzzled. Any thoughts on this pair together and why they may not have linked up well? Feel free to share this on the show. Thank you so much if you would like to discuss um, unwanted results. And thank you for creating such a wonderful and helpful show. Being intuitive often makes me feel alone in the world, but it's so reassuring to have you ladies guiding me through. I always treasure that hour on Sunday nights and will often re-listen to your shows throughout the week. Thank you so much for that. All right, let's help this gal with her rocks. I believe that uh, crystals can all be friends. Um, what might have happened, it, it might have been a perfect alignment of different things. You know, red jasper is a very protective stone. Um, citrine is a stone that really opens up our, our sense of ourself, our sense of empowerment, our sense of who we are. And so that nightmare might have been very instructive rather than to scare her. Mm-hmm. It might have been presented in a frightening way, but the information might have been very valuable. Correct. Is that? Am I hearing you right? Yes. Uh huh. I have had. Um, I have slept with certain stones under my pillows and had the most amazing dreams. And I've looked at that stone and been like, oh, "I'm sleeping with you every single night." And the next night, I have no dreams that I remember, just little fragments. <laughs> so I feel like there's more, you know, to it than just the stones. I think it's it's us as well. Um, but I would like to recommend, if you do have nightmares, um, howlite and amethyst are the two that are most often recommended for preventing nightmares. Uh-huh. And that's howlite and amethyst. Right. And I can't say enough about a dream catcher. Yeah, I mean, everybody should have a dream catcher over their bed. And, and you know, and that's, can I just digress for a second about dream catchers? Because mm-hmm. so often people misinterpret what dream catchers are all about. Um, the purpose of a dream catcher is to keep unpleasant and negative dreams from getting to you. Right. And sometimes folks think they're there to bring you good dreams. No, 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 no. That's That's not what they do. And then I also would like to recommend rose quartz. I think about rose quartz as being like the Betty White of the crystals. You know what I mean? Like she's <laughs> she's like this little stone who's like, okay, everybody, let's all get along. <laughs> so I feel like if you had rose quartz in that in that mix, because the jaspers are really dominant stones, and the malachite, holy cow, that's like a green beret. I can't imagine sleeping with malachite. Yeah. I'm not brave enough to and do that. And then the citrine is pretty gentle, but it is a powerful confidence booster. So those are all really dominant stones. So to that bag, the citrine, the jasper, and the malachite, I would definitely add amethyst, howlite, and rose quartz. Absolutely. You, you know, I mean, one of the things that you and I recommend when we do house clearings is a balance of rose quartz and hematite. Yes, right? to grid the house. To grid a house. And, and so, again, it's that... That love and kindness and gentleness and wonderful love that comes from the rose quartz and the protection from the hematite. So, it, too much of a good thing is too much. Mm-hmm. And I almost think she's got too many, too much down here with these rocks. And you she know, needs- I don't have the book with me, but I just got Judy Hall's um, book of crystals for psychic protection. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Um, and she recommends labradorite for intuitives to protect them psychically because she says 
that labradorite, labradorite will keep you open while protecting you at the same time. Interesting. I'm sitting here right this minute looking at a, a piece of labradorite, and mm-hmm. and I use it for creativity. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Huh. Isn't that funny? And she, so she recommends that. I've had, you know, but through the centuries, people have used amethyst as a general protector um, for a lot of the dream work. So uh-huh. Right. Just wanted to add that. Right. Okay, here's another question. Okay. This is from Diane. Hello, Deb and Samantha. I've noticed that I can tell when people are going to pass. I'm so glad we're doing this on the air because I've been mulling over this um, email for several days now. Oh, good. Uh-huh. They usually pass within a month of me seeing their face. I see that their faces are gray. I've seen this in one of my employees, and she was in a car accident about a month or so later and lost her life. I sadly even saw this in my own face when I was pregnant with my son. He was stillborn a few weeks later. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, absolutely. I'm sorry. I can walk through a hospital to visit my friend and scan faces and know if they are going to be okay or not. Each time I see a person like this, their face is gray, a shade of gray I've never seen, except when I see their faces before they pass. I don't think I'm crazy, but there has to be a reason that I can see this. I'm not intuitive, and when I see people... When their faces are this color, I try to tell myself that I'm not right, that it isn't true. But I know that it is true. Why do I see gray faces? Is this the only thing I can see? I'm embarrassed to tell anyone else this, but because I'm quite sure I won't be believed. Wow. Okay, well, I'll let you answer this. But first, I just want to say, Diane, you are intuitive. Exactly. You are so intuitive. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I'm glad you said that to, from the beginning because um, there are as many definitions of intuitive as there are intuitives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and everybody doesn't have all the same skills. That's right. And some folks are intuitive in some areas and not in others, and and it manifests itself in different ways, and on and on and on. I can well look at look at doctors. Some are gynecologists, some are plastic surgeons, some are psychiatrists. Perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So no, Um, I I think that this is a wonderful gift, and I couldn't help as I read this to wonder if this is your uh, a way that your guides are grooming you to perhaps one day maybe do hospice work or maybe um to to work with people who are are dying and be a comforting kind of person it also may mean that you're a light worker who who works uh helping people cross over in hospitals in your sleep you may be doing that mm-hmm. but but i think this ability is something that um you it, it isn't just the matter of knowing it it's a matter of one day being able to be helpful with people who are crossing over that's my opinion what do you think yeah i agree and i think that um i think that one thing that she could do is when she sees the gray is just start praying for them and their family and just sending white light to them. Absolutely. And I do think that this is a gift, and I think it can um, probably save her on some occasions. I'm sure you've heard the famous story of Edgar Casey, who was waiting for an elevator, and he could see auras. And 
when he would see gray or no aura, he knew someone was about to die. And when the elevator doors opened, all the people on the elevator had no auras. And so he said, I'll take the next elevator. And seconds later, the cable broke, that elevator fell, and everybody inside died. Oh, yeah, I remember that story. So, you know, it's um, definitely a very saving story. You know, I'm I'm addicted to reading, and I've read a lot of books about intuitives. And um, this one, this ability is very, very common, believe it or not, um, to see something like, like the gray over people. The other thing I would like to say to Diane is when we aren't fully open to our abilities, we pick up the negative because negative energy is heavier and denser and therefore it's easier to read. Positive messages are lighter and higher up in vibration, so it's harder for us to get them until we're fully open and working hard to increase our vibrations. So if Diane chose to work with her strong intuitive gifts and abilities, I promise you, you would start to receive more positive information, not just the gray faces. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, good. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, next one. Okay, this one, um, oh, my computer's not letting me scroll. There it goes. This one's from Amy. She says, hi, Samantha and Deb. I'm new to your podcast and have been making my way through the long list of shows, soaking up all the information you generously share. On multiple occasions, you've both suggested that simply asking for a sign from your spirit guide is a great way to receive validation. While meditating recently, I took your advice and asked my spirit guides to show me a yellow flower. This was a private prayer that I never shared with anyone else. Over the next several days, I would occasionally think, hmm, no yellow flower yet. I wasn't actively searching for a yellow flower, rather was almost forgetful that I'd even asked. Toward the end of that week, as I climbed into the car with my husband, the thought once again fluttered through my mind that I had not yet seen any yellow flowers. On a whim, we decided to drive in a direction we rarely go. As we drove along, my husband suddenly and uncharacteristically gestured, calling out, Yellow flowers! Lo and behold, sprawled out in front of me were acres of yellow wild flowers on both sides of the road. Driving by the miles of yellow flowers, I just beamed from ear to ear. It filled my heart with gratitude to receive this grandiose response to what seemed like such a simple request. I also want to extend my sincere gratitude to you both. Your relaxed, friendly way... Oh, I probably shouldn't share all that. Well, she just says how much she likes our show. Thank Thank you you so much, much. Amy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm not going to read a paragraph about I how know. great we are. I know. It's nice, um, though. But we really appreciate that. Isn't that a wonderful story? Another another confirmation from the Spirit Guide. I just love it when, you know, the universe responds with, okay, we're going to, like, pound you on the head with what you've asked for. Here it is. Mm-hmm. I just love this story. I just had this vision, you know, because here in our state, in the spring and summer, we have wildflowers planted all along the roadways on our major highways. And and I love driving by those miles of purple. It makes me, you know, quote Alice Walker as I'm driving down the the road about fields of purple flowers but i love that she got such amazing validation isn't that wonderful yes it really is you know and it's unusual to get that big a validation i think um 
I still love our story about the woman who was watching the butterflies on television. I know, I know. We have another good story we'll read a little bit later um, about a spirit guide who revalidates the sign after it was doubted, which I can't wait to share. Um, Uh But first, I just would like to remind um, all of our wonderful, faithful listeners that we are sponsored by audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com backslash psychic teachers, all one word, you will get a free one-month downloadable um, trial of Audible, which is so exciting. This month, I'm recommending a book I'm reading right now called We Hear the Christmas Angels, True Stories of Their Presence. I can't tell you all how wonderful this book is. It's just so great. I just have it um, by my table, by my couch, and in the morning when I have like a cup of tea, I read a story, and it just lifts my whole day. And I would love to. I'm thinking about downloading this one, too, because it would be great to hear them read as well. It's called We Hear the Christmas Angels um, by Evelyn Bentz. And it's just all different true stories, well-documented stories um, of people who had a Christmas miracle through um, the um, presence of an angel in their lives. Nice. Yeah, so audibletrial.com backslash psychic teachers. And we would indeed thank you for that. Mm Mm-hmm. We are also sponsored by Peaches Gifts. Um, we're just so honored that Peaches is, is one of our great sponsors. And she says, are you looking for craft supplies for your next project? Peaches Gifts, an online scrapbooking supply store, carries stamps, paints, stickers, paper, and more. Every purchase comes with a free gift and discounted shipping worldwide. Save an extra 15% off your entire order with promo code PSYCHICTEACHERS. We invite you to shop with us at www.peachesgiftsplural.com. Peachesgifts.com. Yay. Thank Yay. you for your support, Peaches Gifts. They have such cool stuff on there. Like They have really, um, really cool little polka dot paper straws, like Stuff for parties, stuff for scrapbooking, sure. stuff for decorating, all sorts of neat stuff. I went all through her website um, right after she um, became our sponsor, and, and I'm not a scrapbooker, but it made me sort of want to be one, mm-hmm. and and really cool stuff. And I think I mentioned this once before. I was looking for a particular kind of paper that's not a part of, of the kind of uh, products that she sells, but she was very helpful in helping me find a source for what I was looking for, so just really good folks at Peaches Gifts. So do yeah. do check them out. The, Samantha, before we move on to our next person, can you and I both do a little um, tiny commercial for ourselves? Yes, go ahead. Okay, good. Um, I have two new courses uh, on my website for download. One is in learning to work with moon energy, and the other is learning to uh, manifest what you want in your bucket list. So those are new on my website. Uh, so please go take a look at stebbowen.com. And you have cool stuff at your website. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've I've was recommended to, on Facebook that if you're looking for a neat gift, um, try my Rock Your Numbers, which is where you just send me your friend's name and birth date, and I send you a numerology report and a bag of stones that are um, perfect for their energy, and that makes a really fun gift. And my Crystal Clear spray, uh, spray makes a really nice stocking stuffer. The Crystal Clear spray 
has um, all the same components of burning sage. So it works to really quickly and efficiently cleanse your home or your office or your car or your own aura. And it works to clearly um, and quickly clean your crystals. There you go. Good. So thank you. We would appreciate you taking a look at the services that we both offer on our websites, debbowen.com and samanthafay.com. How's that for easy? Sounds good. I know it. So our next question is, um, I have a question I was hoping you and possibly Joel could address about crystals. In particular, changes they go through while you own them and what those changes mean. I know that you have mentioned this in a number of podcasts, but it would be nice to have a show specific about it. The reason I'm asking is because over a year ago, I bought a twin Lemurian seed clear quartz crystal for a specific need. A friendship that I've had and held dear since I was 13 years old had undergone some changes. Long story short, it was a friend who had turned into a lover, and that ultimately ended our friendship. I was hoping it would help me to heal. Um, On Valentine's Day this past year, I dropped the stone and broke it into three pieces. There was a smaller third chunk between the two larger points that came loose. I was really sad that it had broken and took that as a sign that some things are not supposed to be fixed. He still keeps in touch in his own awkward way. It's almost always strained and uncomfortable. He betrayed my trust, and I can't let it go. Uh, We tried to be friends back in May, and he uh, had asked me to teach him how to do massage. I'm a therapist, so I agreed. I gave him a black velvet box filled with things we would use, essential oils and an oil warmer and a bag of stones. I included one of the two pieces of the Lemurian twin in that bag. I hope that... My hope was that their vibration would bring ours to a place where we can either once again communicate to heal our friendship or to be able to let it go. It would be good to know how to discern what to do next. Um, so what, sh- what do we say to this lady? Well, I think I've shared on the show I had a very similar story with my Lemurian, and it broke into three different pieces too, which is right. interesting. Um, and I called Joel crying. (laughs) (laughs) And he told me to just bury them in loose, dry sage um, until they were ready to be used. And he said I would know what they would be ready, you know, to be used for. And so I did that. I just buried the three pieces in a bag of um, dry, loose, loose sage. And... Uh, when my I had a friend who was going through a, a pretty painful divorce, and I, I I just knew one of those pieces would help her. And at the time when I when I put them into the sage, they were really jagged. I mean, one of them uh, one of the jagged edges cut my skin. Um, when I pulled them out of the sage, they were no longer jagged. And and my husband uh, talked to me like a two-year-old trying to explain to me that rocks don't grow once they're (laughs) removed from the ground. But (laughs) I really feel like those stones self-healed themselves. Uh And um, anyway, over the course of about two years, I gave each of those three pieces away to people who really needed them. And I think what those people who I gave those stones to needed was a self-healed stone to remind themselves that they can heal themselves. Mm. Mhm. So. so the lesson for you was that the the stone broke into three pieces and the pieces healed themselves so that you could pass that message of healing on to someone else. Mhm. 
Yeah, no stone is meant to stay with us anyway. It's not like we're going to be buried with our rocks. So one of the things that I had to learn is a stone might be might be with me for a day, a month, a year, or 40 years. But it's not going to be with me forever. And I don't own the stones. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I do. Once I kind of surrendered to that and let go of that, like, ooh, my sugar light, ooh, my Lemurian, once I tried to take that my away and just focused on these stones are just passing through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a, a friend here a while back who um, I keep a, a, many of my stones in a, in a bowl on my coffee table, and she picked up a piece, a beautiful piece of pedalite, and just said, oh, I love it. This is, I just, I love the stone. It, it, I, I, and it speaks to me, and she went on and on and on, and so what do you do? You know, you get right. the stone away. Right. And in all my research on crystals, you know, anybody can write me and correct me if I'm wrong, but in everything I have researched, when a stone breaks, it usually means you need to give it away, um, except malachite. With malachite, usually breaks to warn you that something bad or something like a big old lesson is coming down the road. Mm-hmm. So, but malachite's the only one that is a warning type stone. The others that break, you know, and some. I mean, I don't believe everything is a coincidence. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes a crystal might break because you dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Right, but right. I do feel that this Lemurian, for her, did break to tell her that that this was. Uh, broken in 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 the way that she knew it so for example i feel that her crystal broke into three places to tell her that the friendship was broken the romantic relationship was broken but from that brokenness they could form a third type of relationship Mm. which is a healed relationship Mm -hmm. that's something more than friendship or more than romantic so yeah that's what i think okay okay here is um, here is a story I was talking to you about, about the spirit guys sending another message. Right. This is from Amanda, and we had shared her story of asking for um, a coin as um, validation that she should switch careers. And here's what she writes. Hi, Deb and Samantha. I heard you read an email I sent you on the podcast yesterday, which was very exciting. I feel like I have to tell you the rest of the story. I sent you that email the day it happened, getting the sign from my spirit guide about my career change. But the next day, I found myself feeling a tinge of doubt. Hmm, maybe it was just a coincidence. I had imagined a large gold coin, not a small silver one. That afternoon, a friend of mine held out his hand after he grabbed his change from the train kiosk. Wow, look at this, Amanda. He held out a large gold $1 coin for me to see. It made me laugh immediately. I imagined my spirit guide saying, Okay, you need a large gold coin? Well, here you go. (laughs) Two days later, I was sitting at a table, and the bar manager tapped me on the shoulder. Sorry, hon, I'm not being weird. There's just something under your chair. She stood back up and handed me a silver dollar she found under my chair. Must be a sign or something, she said. Needless to say, I got the hint, and the career move was definitely the right decision. Just wanted to share, as the experience made me feel so connected and cared for. It was pretty incredible. Because of your suggestion, I also manifested, are you guys ready for this? Dancing on stage with Bruce Springsteen. 
Yikes. A lifelong dream of mine. But that's another story. That's another story that I'd like to hear, Amanda. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, I'm... so so far, our manifesting stories have helped people meet Bruce Springsteen and Taylor Swift. You know, I have to tell you something. I am obviously manifesting the wrong stuff in my life. Are you trying to manifest meeting famous people? Well, no, but it seems no? like I might should. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, I don't know about Taylor Swift. I'm not so, you know, whatever about that. But Bruce Springsteen, I'd like to meet Bruce Springsteen. Can you imagine dancing on the stage with him like you are Courtney Cox from that video in the 1980s? I would be, like, I would be so excited. I would sure love to try. (laughs) Well, you have to send us that story. Absolutely, and thank you for this one, because I do love it when sometimes our guides say, Okay, all right, okay, we're going to, okay, we, we sent it, you got it, but uh, all right, here it is again, just in case you, you really need to hear it one more time. Here's just a little more validation. And isn't it nice that they do that? Makes it, you know they're paying attention to it. You, really it really is, and clearly her guides have a nice sense of humor, too. Right. Because they showed her the big gold coin, and then they showed her the big silver coin, you know, to be like, mm, got it? Okay, here you go. Exactly, you know. There you go. I love it. And, Thank you know, you. I think it's okay, um, really, to talk to people, to, I'm sorry, to talk to your guides about your doubts. Your guides have been humans. They know how hard it is to live here on this earth plane. And they're not going to get mad at you for doubting. Right. You know, this, we're not we're not back in the oh please sacrifice your son Abraham to prove that you love me days. You know, we're it's not we're not there. We are in the stage of spirituality where we can say to our guides, I'm really struggling with this. I need more um I need more signs that you're listening and that I'm listening correctly. It's okay to do that. Right. I, I think it is too. I I carry on conversations with my guide all the, all the time. Don't you? Mm-hmm. I'm. Ch- I mean, I'm sure. Th- I, I am sure that my you know our big silent guy would like for me to shut up sometimes. Because I'm forever saying, "Okay, am I doing this right? Am I on the you know you know?" Right. If I'd shut up, he'd probably give me more information. You know, I'm trying to get to a place where, and I'm not saying I'm there, but I'm just trying to get to a place where I'm. I'm just accepting whatever is do you know mm, what i mean like i do and and like i said i'm not there but i'm trying in my prayer life to just you know say i i know i'm where i'm supposed to be and i really feel that even when we are failing i think we're where we're supposed to be oh because failure isn't always failure at all yeah Oh, what may appear to be failure is in reality a great lesson and great growth comes from it. Right, right. Great growth comes from all of our experiences. So sure. I, I try not to um, judge any of them. Mm. And sometimes it takes us some distance and hindsight mm. and space to look back and say, oh, golly, you know, that was a great gift. And I think we all probably have done this in our lives where where we can look back and see the dominoes of events to get us to where we are at this moment in time. If this happened, happened, then this couldn't have happened and this wouldn't have happened and none of this would have gotten, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think we need sometimes that distance to get there. I when agree. We're, when we're in the midst of um, decisions and trauma, uh, it's, it's sometimes very frustrating and, and frightening and we need that um 
disconnect almost from something. Time out. Right. I I just want to share a quick thing, and then I want you to read the next question because it's a good one. Um, But, you know, I'm teaching that study skills middle school class, and this week our topic was dealing with stress. And, you know, these are fifth to eighth graders, and they have a lot of stress. I mean, they have expectations from their parents and teachers and coaches and so on and so on. And so I had them write down, I said, I want you to write down everything that is stressing you out right now, everything that is worrying you, everyone who is bothering you, every thought that is making you freak out. I want you to write it all down. And I said, nobody is going to see this. I'm not going to look at it. Your teacher's not going to see it. Your parent, nobody's going to see this except you. So they were so excited. I mean, they got out a piece of paper. They were mercifully, mercifully, that's not a word, is it? No, it's not. I made that up. Yeah, it is. Is it mercifully? No. What what am I trying to say? Mercifully? Maybe. They were blessedly quiet. (laughs) And they wrote for like 10 minutes. And they were like, okay, what do we do now, Miss Faye? And I said, now you whip it up into 100 little pieces and you throw it away. And they loved it, and they all said that that helped them with their stress, and they're going to do it. And I, I think it's a good thing for all of us to do. Mm-hmm. Write it all down, get it out, and then rip it up. Yeah, exactly. It's like that bowl-burning ceremony that we both do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. All right, okay. So um, this question is, do your spirit guides and your loved one's spirit guides have a relationship? If so, what kind? So wait a minute. Okay. So does my spirit guide have a relationship with, say, your, your spirit guide because we're, yeah. fr- we're friends? Right. Or with my sister and her spirit guides? What a cool question. Mm-hmm. My knee-jerk reaction to that is, well, yeah, sure. They, you know, because you and I, um, I mean, how often do we say um, to uh, a client when we're doing a reading that we've asked our spirit guides to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So we do that all the time. I love to tell the story of um, Pope John Paul when he was trying to help with the Cold War. And he was meeting with, um, I, I think, Reagan and um, who's the guy with the birthmark on his head? Khrushchev? Gor- Gorbachev? Uh, I don't know. Um and he, they asked, you know, some journalist asked him, you know, like, how are you preparing for this meeting? And he said, well, I just asked my guardian angel to talk to their guardian angels. <laughs> <laughs> I love that about him. I just love that answer. I do, too. And that is something that I will do now. I will, I, I don't often call them angels or guides. I just say my team. And so I'll say to my team, I need you to talk to Deb's team about such and such. Or I need you to talk to, you know my sister's team about whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I really do feel that that works. I do think that they have a relationship. I don't necessarily believe that they're connected, like, family-wise. I mean, that might happen, but I've never seen that. Um, But I do think that they they need to be in communication. Right. And I I think that you can specifically request them to be. That's right. You know. That's right. And you can ask them to help you. You know, if, for example, you're going into your boss to ask for a raise, the night before, you know, when you're saying your prayers, talk to your guides and your angels and say, all right, listen, before I go in there tomorrow at 9 a.m., you got to go and talk to, you know, my boss's team. Mm -hmm. Make sure that she's amenable to this if it's in the best interest of my path. 
Right. Good. That's a great question. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's a nice okay. one to think about, isn't it? Yeah, I like that one. I okay. do, too. Okay. Hi, ladies. Thank you for your blog, radio show, and Facebook page. I have a question. I've been working very hard to shut down my chakra lights when I'm not at home, as my crown and heart chakra seems to be seem to be like attractive beacons of light to the lower astral realm. Working on visualization techniques does not seem to work in the least bit for me, though, which leaves me hopeless. Can you suggest any other measures to camouflage the chakra lights? I'm incredibly sensitive and know the instant something attaches to me. I also have trouble removing them on my own, but that I seem to be able to do so better than disguising shutting down the lights. And I actually answered this person on, um, I actually answered this one, uh, and I recommended that um, she get Wayne Dyer's, um, not Wayne Dyer, Bruce. uh, Brian Weiss. I'll get his name out in a minute. Thank you. Uh, Brian Weiss's CD to help her learn how to open, close, and balance her chakras. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and I think also, though, um, and that was the short answer, so let's give her the details here. Yeah. Um, I think that she should wear a crystal all, at all times that is designated for protection. So she can either wear an amethyst pendant or she could wear an onyx jet or hematite bracelet. Um, but she needs to have a crystal that she wears all the time that she asks just to protect her energy, you know, from that. And then she needs to work on grounding her energy. So if she could um, just walk barefoot uh, once a day in the grass, just walk across your yard in your bare feet while you let your dog out or what have you. Um, Echo um, Boating recommends just sticking your hands in dirt to ground yourself. Mm-hmm. Just on a, a flower pot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but really studying up on grounding techniques is going to be really effective for shutting this down. Um once again, if if you're just walking around open, like if, you know, if, for example, you are intuitive and you're just kind of walking around intuitive, it's not going to help you to just shut down your chakras. You really need to explore so much more about this intuitive world. Because if you are attracting these lower astral energies, there's a reason for that. And you can work to attract higher level energies by pushing through this one little hiccup or blockage. And I think that can be done, um, you know, through prayer work, through visualization, through salt baths. You know, taking a salt bath once a week will do a lot to get those little entities that attach stuck off of you. Um, Focusing on light and positivity is going to, because like attracts like. If lower energy is attracted to you, it's because there's something lower level going on inside of your thoughts. So you might be focusing too much on what's not going right in your life. You might be um, a little judgmental at the moment with with a friend or or um, a family member and their life choices. Um, you might be overly worried about something going on with your finances or work or a relationship. All of that negative energy is going to attract the lower level. Also what you read and watch on television. Correct. And so you want to keep everything really positive and light, and you want to try to change up the frequency of the energy that you're emitting on a daily basis. One of the best ways in my experience to do this is to try to make someone smile every day. I know that sounds very Pollyannish, but it really does work. 
if you try to be the light for other people, you will increase the light inside of you. You know, I am, as everybody knows, I am not um, a Buddhist, but um, someone gave me for my birthday a mala, a, a, a Buddhist prayer bracelet. Oh, I'm wearing one. I am too. No, you're not. I am. Right this oh my gosh, minute. I just got one this week. It's um, all different agates. Oh, mine is just very simple little sort of beige spleck stones. But they're Are 20- you wearing yours around your wrist? Yes. Yeah, me too. That is cool. <laughs> Okay, sorry. I love it when we do this. Uh, and it has 27 beads on it, right? Oh, mine has 108. Oh, no, I don't have the whole bag. Mine's, no. like, wrapped around and around. No, 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 I just got 27, and you multi- so you go around four times to get right. to the 108. Um, and um, I have, uh, wearing it, uh, just, just having it on my body, and I bet mm-hmm. this is doing this for you, too, keeps me more in a state of, I want to say a state of grace. Yes. Um, a state of consciousness and awareness of what I say and how I say it and and my connection to spirit. And I've used it for prayer. I've used it for meditation. I used it. I rattled off 108 things I was grateful for, not oh, last that's night. wonderful. You know, um, and so I'm, this is not an advertisement for wearing a mala, but it no. is, it is uh, an, uh, the idea that when when we put our thoughts and our energies into higher level, more positive kind of stuff, there's not room for that lower realm stuff, as she calls it. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. just not room for it. That's very true. You know, I, I love saying the compassion mantra, Om Mone Padme Hum. Yes. Um, so that's that's what I've been using it for because, gosh, that really centers me very, very quickly. I did I did a rotation with just Om the other oh, night. Oh, see, that's nice. But I like wearing it, too, just to remind me that all religions, um, you know, have have an importance and a place um, in our path. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, and, you know, this was, I gotten this back in October, and I it was sitting here with all my, you know, my little world of rocks and crystals and stuff, and, and I uh, went out to dinner with a friend the other night who had on 108 bead mala Mm -hmm. and she was talking about how she used it every day and and i thought you know i'm just going to try it i'm just going to use that as a part of my consciousness and gosh has it made a difference yeah it really it really does Mm -hmm. you know and if i could wear a rosary i would but you're not allowed to oh you're not Mm oh oh okay and you really couldn't walk around with that crucifix hanging off your wrist anyway that would be kind of disrespectful Oh, okay. So I like the the mala because it's you know it's something you are allowed to wear and it reminds you to pray or say a mantra or focus you know right. on the positivity. Mm-hmm. Or to just to just be aware. Mm-hmm. You know to just be aware. Yeah, exactly. And so there are you know it's so funny because so many of us like the the one reader who sees gray, who said I know I'm not intuitive. You know, and then this this last listener who said, um, you know, I'm only attracting the lower energies. We are not um, stuck with what is happening in our life. We There are so many tools and tips and techniques you can employ into your life right now to change up these situations and to make yourself start to attract more positivity. 
um, one of the things I recommend so much is just studying, you know, just reading. Read books on psychic protection. I must have over a dozen books on psychic protection now. And, yeah, they all kind of say the same thing, but I learn something different from each one. And I don't think that we intuitives can do enough studying on psychic protection. Um, I had a really interesting uh story to share. On Friday, I, I was a chaperone for my third grader's field trip to a historic house downtown. Mm-hmm. And she has this little friend, and her little friend sometimes sees colors around people. Mm-hmm. The, she was so happy getting off that bus, and we're walking around the property, and she's dancing and moving and shaking. The minute we got into the house, she started coughing. Her face turned super pale white, like all the blood had been drained from her face. And she said, Mrs. Faye, I feel like I'm going to be sick. I need to get out of this house. And so I took her out, and we went to the gift shop, and I got her some water. And um, I'm sure she thought I was nuts because I was like, honey, you know Cinderella's cast, um, glass carriage? Just picture your – she was like, what? I was trying to have her picture the bubble, you know. <laughs> She was looking at me like, lady, I just want to throw up. I don't want to imagine anything. (laughs) So I'm telling her to breathe deeply and to feel the ground below her and to just keep breathing, and she would be fine. And we go back into the house, and the coughing starts again. The blood's drained from her face. When we get up to the nursery, Mm. she started to cry. I bet. And the minute we got back outside and she got on that bus, happy as could be. Yeah. So that's that's a little budding intuitive walking around. It sure is. You know what Samantha did, don't you all? Do you want to guess what I did, Deb? (laughs) You put her in a bubble of white light whether she wouldn't be Well, yeah, I sure did. Right. But I called the mom and told her. (laughs) Of course you did. I told my family at dinner, they were like, you did what? I said, well, I just think she should know that her daughter is very psychic. How did the mom react? Uh, not so good. I mean, she was super nice, but she was like, well, I just said, you know, if you want me to give you some tips and techniques that you could try with her, I'd be happy to have coffee with you and just, you know, sit down with you. And she was like, well, let me just talk to my husband about that. And I was like, okay. Isn't that interesting? And I did a reading for a woman um, who originally wanted me to read for her child. And I don't I don't read for small children, really. And uh, uh, she was, and I did a reading for the mom, but I also, in the process of, of uh, my conversations with her, gave her recommend because her daughter does is very psychic, and this mom wants to be able to help her foster her um, intuitive abilities and at the same time to protect her child. They are balanced about working with her child, and I gave her a lot of suggestions and book suggestions to help her. I hope. Yeah, and I think that's wonderful, and I hope more you know, parents get to that place with their intuitive child. But right now, I think for most people, it's still pretty foreign. Yeah. You know? know. But anyway, there are a lot of simple techniques, like wearing a crystal every day, like wearing a salt bath, um, like closing your chakras, visualizing the white. Judy Hall in the Psychic Protection book recommends putting a golden pyramid around yourself. Yeah which I think is a neat visualization. I and she too. says, put one around your car, too. Just imagine wheels underneath the pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Samantha, we are out of time. Folks, thank you so much. Next week is Yule and the new moon. 
So a lot happening next week. Yes, and we um, we do not believe we'll be with you next week because of all the holiday stuff. Um, we might be. Check our check our Facebook page. We'll let you know. If not, we will definitely be with you on the twenty eighth. Right. So everyone have a blessed week and be the light. Be the light. Have a great week. Good night. Good night, everybody.